Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. Private Davis shuffles into the mess hall and it's boot camp as usual for him. Nobody notices as he takes his tray and grabs his silverware and slides it along the counter. Nobody pays attention as he takes a place at one of the tables. And when Private Davis wants to talk about the things that are ahead for him on this particular day, nobody really listens. It's not that he's a bad guy. It's just that Private Davis has not even a single stripe on his sleeve. He's got no rank. He has no authority. Who's going to listen, after all, to a, to a private during boot camp? But when Major General Waverly strides into the mess hall, it's attention. Everybody's on their feet. Everybody's waiting to hear if there are orders, if there are commands. Everybody listens to every word in today's Army protocol. Someone who has three stars on his lapel, you got to listen to that person. Jesus stands on a high mountain. No stars on his lapel. No stripes on his sleeve. No earthly rank. Just this. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Just this. Standing next to him and supporting him, the two greatest spokesmen for the Lord who had ever lived, Just this, a cloud descends, and a voice from the cloud says, Listen to him! All authority given to such a one, not for simply commands that he gives you and me to follow, but for commands of the Father that he carries out for us. All authority given to him to speak. So in the protocol of the Christian church, when Jesus speaks as the Father commands, you and I, we keep listening to him. Peter wasn't so good at that. Just a few days earlier, Jesus had gathered his disciples and he had told them, I must go up to Jerusalem where I will be mistreated by the civic and religious authorities. I will be killed, he told them, and on the third day I must rise again. Peter's response to that, Never, Lord, may this never happen to you. Implications, of course, if that happens to you, what's going to happen to those who follow you, people like us? Jesus goes on to explain, yes, whoever follows me and is my disciple must carry their cross in so doing. 
Whoever follows me will experience difficulties in my name as they confess their faith in me. But who wants to listen to that? Not Peter. Not the twelve. Probably not us. Now it's eight days later, according to St. Luke. Eight days after that conversation, Jesus calls over Peter picks out two other disciples, James and John, and he takes the three of them up on a high mountain. Not to, not to get away, not to admire the view. He takes them apart to pray, to show them who he is, and to allow them to listen to an important conversation. St. Luke records this. As Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed. Elsewhere, it's reported that his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus about his departure which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Was Peter and were the other two disciples listening to that? Not really. St. Luke tells us that they were very sleepy. They do wake up to hear Jesus speaking with Moses, the great lawgiver, and Elijah, the greatest of the prophets, and they, they, they are allowed to, those words come to their ears as the two next to Jesus are in glory talking to him about his departure. In other words, about what was going to happen in Jerusalem. Talking to him about how he was fulfilling their words when he would, when he would be mistreated by the leaders, the, the civic and religious leaders, and when he would be killed and on the third day rise again. But were they listening? No. Peter, as this seems to be coming to a close, he says, It's beautiful to be here, Lord. Let's just stay here. Forget about going to Jerusalem. Forget about how those enemies are going to treat you. Forget about dying. Forget about rising from the dead. Let's just stay here. It's so beautiful here. How about this, Lord? I'll build three shelters here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. The health that you've given me, Lord, it's beautiful. Let's just stay right here with that. You can take away other things from me, Lord. But as long as I have this beautiful health you've granted me, that will be enough for me. The family you've blessed me with, Lord, it's beautiful to have that. You can take other things away from me, even other people away from me, but we're happy as a family. I love my family. Don't ever take a member of my family away from me, Lord. 
the income that I have, the work that I can do, the opportunities that I have, the house I live in, they're all beautiful, Lord. You, you can take other things away from me, Lord, but my advice to you is this. Don't take away my income, my house, my family, my home. I, I got my list of things that you really need to do because they're all beautiful. Like Peter, you and I recognize certain things are beautiful and we want to advise the Lord about them. Tell him that that should stay, those particular beauties. Demand that in our prayers. Maybe throw in a thy will be done, but we're not even sure we actually mean that because finally what we want is what we want, so we're going to tell the Lord what we want, that this is beautiful, that this is right, that this is good. And you're almost surprised that the Lord, when he hears us advise him in our prayers and advise him in our thoughts, that he doesn't just say, get away from me, just get away from me so short-sighted that we are, so earthly-minded, so temporary with the things that we consider beautiful. Instead, what the Heavenly Father has done is he sent his son to carry out the plan. He sent him to Jerusalem carrying my thoughts of entitlement and your foolish demands of him and, and, and our mindedness only for earthly things. He sent his son to Jerusalem carrying all of our faults and all of our foolishness where he would be mistreated by the civic and religious authorities, where he would be killed in our place, suffering God's punishment, where on the third day he would rise again and confirm this that the Heavenly Father is not going to hold our foolishness against us. He's not going to hold against us the fact that we like to advise him. He's going to carry out his everlasting plan, which is far better. The words are just coming out of Peter's mouth advising Jesus when a cloud comes and covers them. A terrifying thing because they recognize the cloud is the presence of the Heavenly Father. The same cloud that descended at Mount Sinai. It's now come over us and they were terrified and then a voice comes from the cloud. The voice of the Father saying, This is my Son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Listen to him. And afterwards we're told Peter, James, and John, they kept this to themselves, what they had seen, what they had heard. They did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. Maybe not a bad idea because they realized they still had some listening to do. Many of us remember what Peter was like. Now, this is kind of another glimpse of this man who was impetuous and kind of full of bravado, 
I can solve it, I can do it. Many of us remember what Peter eventually did, given the opportunity to, to fulfill his promise and never deny the Lord and never fall away. He denies the Lord and he falls away. And yet what Peter gets to hear is his Lord Jesus coming to him afterwards and responding to him with grace and forgiveness. He gets to hear Jesus reinstate him by grace. He gets to hear Jesus appoint him to feed his sheep, feed his lambs. Peter gets a ministry given to him that will involve speaking. But first and always, of course, Peter also needed to keep listening to Jesus. James is the apostle that needed to learn firsthand what it meant to carry his cross and follow Jesus. You know, every disciple of the Lord is asked to carry the cross, especially as you confess him, you speak about him, you speak a truth that others might not like, that they may disagree with, that they may, they may be a little harsh with you because you have these thoughts about God. James learned what that, that was like. He was the first of the apostles to be put to death. King Herod murdered him to, 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 to please the, the, the people that were Herod's political supporters. James, of course, would, uh, would be allowed before that to say certain things, but mostly he needed to keep listening and learn what it was like to be a disciple and carry his cross. And John... John was the one, he, he, was, the, he was the Christian who, demand, who, who wanted justice, and justice right now. So they go to this village, and the people are disrespectful to Jesus, and they mistreat his disciples. And John's the one who said, Lord, how about we call down fire from the sky and destroy these people? John needed to listen so that he could learn what, what the love of Jesus is all about. He needed to hear how, since God so loved us, that he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. He needed to hear that since God so loved us, we ought to love one another, even our enemies. John, of course, would have a whole lifetime of things to say. But first and always, he needed to keep listening. I want to serve the Lord and love others. I want to I feed his sheep with his grace. I want to follow him and be his disciple and carry whatever cross he puts on me, just as you do. I, we we, we want to do that, but not so much in keeping with how we're going to define it, how we're going to prescribe it. God, this is the way I'm going to do it. We want to do that in keeping with what the Lord would have to say. So like Peter and James and John and like me, you need to keep listening to him. Which in a very obvious way is what the next several weeks are all about. Jesus says, one word, repent. On Ash Wednesday at our church in Asheville, how's that for a memory device? On Ash Wednesday at our church in Asheville, 
you're going to hear Jesus tell the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Only one of them came before God and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, that one was the only one who went home righteous, not guilty before God. So you and I listen and we realize that's how I repent every day. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. <laughs>